till I find it. There is more love somewhere. That song comes out of the African-American spiritual tradition. It was created by and sung by slaves because it helped them to have the hope and the courage to carry on when there wasn't much reason for hope. When you sing a song, it helps to know where that song comes from and who sang it and why, what their experience was like, what their lives were like. So you can give that song and those people the respect and reverence they deserve. And so you can sing it with as full a heart as possible. Two weeks from today is our annual Martin Luther King breakfast with our friends and neighbors from Calvary Baptist Church. And at the end of the breakfast, we're going to sing, as we do every time, the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. If you're not familiar with it yet, don't worry, we're going to practice it this morning. (laughs) Not really practice, but we're going to sing it. It's a beautiful and moving hymn, and I love singing it, but it can take practice. And one of my hopes is that more of us will learn it by heart so we can sing it loudly and well when we gather to celebrate Martin's vision for America, which in spite of the progress that has been made, is still far from complete. But those of us who are white, when we sing it, we should remember that it's not our song. It was written in 1900, first as a poem for black school children to recite as a tribute to President Lincoln, who not that long before that had freed the slaves. And then it was set to music. The invitation when we sing is to be aware of the history of our country, of slavery and Jim Crow segregation and the unfinished struggle for civil rights in our land. There's a growing awareness in our UU tradition that we have our own work to do around race and culture. Sometimes we wonder why our congregations aren't more diverse, why more people of color aren't attracted to our churches. We welcome everyone, we like to say. And what we often fail to see is that we have a culture that is mostly white. We have habits and norms that we may be very comfortable with that others don't share. We say we welcome diversity, but how willing are we to change or adapt our culture? How willing are we to welcome a wider wider range of ways to worship and wider expressions of theology 
and spirituality. It's one thing to say we welcome diversity. It's quite another to walk the talk. And of course, we do have moments to be proud of. I'm thinking of when a large number of UU ministers responded to Martin Luther King's call and showed up to march with him in Selma. There are other examples. But day in and day out, we haven't done so well at actually working for diversity, inclusion, and justice. And if you say, well, what can I do about this? I'll tell you in a minute, but you could also make plans to stay after church next Sunday and come to our conversation around social justice here, which, to tell the truth, has not been very active or well-organized over the last couple of years. Our UU tradition is finally coming to grips with the fact that we are a largely white denomination because we have, for too long, embraced a culture of whiteness and even white supremacy. We have privileged our white majority culture in most of what we do. We have mouthed words of diversity while too often standing against any kind of substantive change. We have been unwelcoming to those who make us uncomfortable. We have argued with those who have a different experience than what we know. We have made it harder for people of color to serve in our faith. This is what black UUs tell us. And it may be hard to hear, and I know that it is true. If you've done your own work around race, then you know that the work is hard and it requires you to face your own discomfort in order to stretch and grow. You have to move past that early stage of defensiveness, fragility, and self-protection where it's so easy to say, but I'm a good person. Our universalist theology asserts that we are all good people, or at least we have that potential. But that doesn't mean that we aren't also flawed people, that we have work to do. The UU congregation in Flint, Michigan, created a poster that articulates this hopeful and realistic theology. It says, You are good. You are loved. You could use a little work. (laughs) And it concludes, we are in this together. So once you realize that you have a problem, that you could use a little work, the question is, what are you going to do about it? And if you've already read what Bonnie wrote in our bulletin today, you'll know that our denomination has committed to this program called The Promise and the Practice of Our Faith. 
This campaign is about change, changing how we are, intentionally holding up and centering the history, the perspectives, the voices, and the leadership of black people within Unitarian Universalism. It's about supporting those black people who have struggled to stay in our tradition and who have formed a group called Black Lives of UUism. It's about committing to do more ongoing work to make our congregations more truly welcoming and accessible to people of color. It's about walking our talk and putting our money where our mouth is. Our board voted unanimously to financially support the promise and the practice at a minimum of $10 per member, which is $1,500 for our congregation. And when we meet this goal, our, our donation will be matched dollar for dollar at the national level, doubling our contribution to Black Lives of UU. So we're asking you to give, to go up to our board members who will be present and visible at coffee hour and make your donation. And they'll be available for the next few weeks. If you want to write a check and you don't have your checkbook, you can send it into the church office, make it out to the church, but make sure in the memo line you put promise and practice or Black Lives UU. And if you can give more than $10, I hope you will. I hope we will go way beyond this minimum suggested ask. Over the last couple of years, it has become obvious, hasn't it, that our country still has a race problem. We've seen this resurgence of racism and other kinds of isms. And so we each need to ask ourselves, what am I going to do? And we have this invitation to do our own work right here. And I hope and I trust that we are ready and eager to do this, to do more. And I have faith that doing our own work will lead us closer to that place that we are longing for and hungry for, that place of more love and more hope and more joy. To that end, I want to just repeat some of the words, a few of the words that Reverend Kimberly Quinn Johnson said to us this morning, her call to us in these days. The modes of black spirituality that are most powerful, nourishing, and nurturing for me aren't the stomp, shout, or song. Instead, I think of the rock, the sway, the bend, the moan, the hum. And I think of these things done in community. I marvel that in the midst of sadness and sorrow, in the midst of feeling the effects of generations of trauma wrought by racism and white supremacy, we can still find joy with each other. We are finding joy with each other. I call it black joy because I am black and it is the joy that I have been familiar with my whole life. It is the joy that I have learned from black people. It is the joy created through our collective healing. 
are laying down a burden to be picked up and shared by our people, our community. This is not joy in spite of suffering, a mask put on to hide pain and armor put on to push through pain. This is an embrace holding and soothing us in our suffering. This black joy is joy created through our being together. This black joy reminds me that I am not alone, that trouble don't last always, that I am held and carried forward by a power beyond what I can comprehend. I call it black joy, but I want to offer it to the extent that it is mine to offer to this faith. One of my gifts to UUism is the suggestion that joy is ours. I want to challenge UUism and UUs to claim joy. It will require a different way of imagining ourselves and a different way of being with each other, making space for surprise, slowing down to hear the beat of the drum, pausing to move to the rhythms of it, opening to the possibility of the mystical encounter, embodying this faith differently than many of us are accustomed to. From my perspective, we have already started on this way of transformation that Reverend Kimberly Quinn Johnson is calling us and encouraging us to. And we have a ways to go. The question is, are you ready? This is what I want. More depth, more connection, more hope, more love, more joy. Less holding back, less fear, less playing it safe. What about you? What do you want for yourself, for your church, for your community and world? And what are you going to do about it? Amen.